Greetings theologians, I hope you're doing well this week. I am very grateful for your responses so far in our uh, class discussion. Uh, and I think uh, you have brought out some very important points. Uh, and uh, I really want to commend you who referred to Bart and Bruner, uh, which these are very important uh, questions for us to think about, uh, about natural theology. Thank you for watching those videos and, and for referring to those. Um, and quite, you know, uh, there's so much to discuss. I just want to uh, just summarize just a little bit. Um, I know uh, uh, the, the importance to know about the nature and necessity of revelation. Well, you know, obviously, humanity, we cannot save ourselves. And as Andrew very said, very, uh, really said really well, we cannot, uh, we just, humanity is not uncovering God. It's God disclosing himself to us. Uh, that's a, a very in, in important distinction. Um, uh, but somehow, uh, humanity is created in the image of God. We do reflect the image of God so that we are social beings. We are intelligent beings. We, uh, we are capable of creating good, uh, doing good things. Uh, but at the same time, we have a problem with sin. Sin somehow infiltrates all our systems, all everything that we are and uh, infiltrates our own personal lives um, so that uh, we are, uh, uh, as, as, as some of you have noted, you know, we have uh, uh, lack this, this spiritual sense. Our spiritual senses are dulled. Uh, they are numbed. We cannot respond to God. But the, so the question is just how far did humanity fall? Did, is it a long fall or is it a short fall? But uh, we know that uh, hum humanity has fallen. We know that we uh, we have um, uh, fallen short of the glory of God. And we know uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we know that the Holy Spirit is at work in uh, sa saving humanity and ultimately transforming humanity. And so uh, human uh, that's... Uh, revelation is uh, necessary because God discloses himself to us. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit is at work through prevenient grace, bringing us to, uh, to, the saving, to his saving knowledge. And this was in line with uh, things that we've, that uh, in, in traditional theological circles, you know, the, the idea of how there is a general revelation. God created the world and, and somehow we know that there is something beyond us as human beings. There has to be more. There, there has to be uh, someone who is divine, who, uh, who is orchestrating these things. And the other thing is, um, you know, even our conscience uh, reveals to us who we are, uh, God's nature. And so we have a, um, uh, we have, we have this natural revelation. And then there's also, um, you know, special revelation where God uh, reveals himself directly through the word of God. Um, and also the incarnate word of God, which is Jesus Christ, which is God's highest uh, self-expression to humanity because we beheld him. We beheld his glory. That's what John says. Uh, the unique son of God, the only begotten son of God, the unique one. Uh, and so Jesus Christ reveals the very nature of Christ of, of God through his incarnation and, uh, and God's uh, most open expression to us of who he is. But even then, uh, you, we, we must talk about 
The Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. The Holy Spirit is at work in prevenient grace. So the Holy Spirit is at work in nature. The Holy Spirit is at work in our conscience. The Holy Spirit is at work. Uh, and even even the nature of Scripture, you know, Scripture was inspired by the Word of God. Uh, sometimes I think we have this notion that, you know, somehow these uh, writers of Scripture were possessed and they started just writing whatever they had to write. But uh, if, if I if, if my understanding, uh, God used their talents, God used their gifts, God used their personalities, God used their context, God used their experiences so that what they wrote down and what was recorded was what God wanted to record, what God wanted to pass to us so that we could learn about him. And so the Holy Spirit was at work in the lives of these individuals. The Holy Spirit was at work in the life of the church. Then the Holy Spirit and the church who preserved these things and the Holy Spirit was at work, is at work currently in the work of illumination. So Revelation doesn't just stop with the inspiration of Scripture. There's also the work of the Holy Spirit in Revelation in what we call illumination. That moment when we read Scripture and we have that aha moment where we're reading Scripture, but all of a sudden, you know, Scripture, we're no longer interpreting Scripture, but Scripture interprets us. Uh, So those are uh, uh, important uh, distinctions here to make and, and to talk about Revelation. And uh, to talk about uh, what exactly is happening uh, during uh, during Revelation, um, and so uh, in, in in Pentecostals we talk about this spirit Christology. Christ is the ultimate uh, revelation, but the Spirit uh, was Jesus Christ became incarnate through the work of the Spirit. Uh, uh, Jesus ministered through the work of the Spirit. Uh, Jesus uh, ascended to heaven in order to send us the Holy Spirit. And many of you made that those references, the Spirit guides, the Spirit directs, uh, the Spirit baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And so we have this highly experiential uh, uh, idea of, uh, uh, or, or theology, better said, theology of God, of who he is. That we can, yeah, we believe that we can experience God on a daily basis. We somehow we can experience His presence on a daily basis. Uh, and I want to invite you to to even think about, you know, when you're writing a sermon, how is God at work in your life as as you prepare a sermon? How is the Holy Spirit directing you in your study? Sometimes, uh, you know, we a lot of people have this idea that God's just going to magically zap them, but God is more is is at work and doing. Um, you know, bringing about his will in our lives, uh, awakening our spiritual senses, quickening our spiritual senses. And uh, so that humanity responds to him. So that prevenient, we, we, I move from prevenient grace to saving grace. And I can understand, somehow I can understand what God is doing in my life. Uh, and that is all through his grace. And we go from uh, uh, prevenient grace to saving grace to sanctifying grace. And we'll talk about this uh, a little bit more in a few weeks. Um, but they, these are important thoughts. I just want to commend you for your writing. I, I think Duck Chu really did a very good job in his essay. Um, uh, and I appreciate uh, uh, your work, what you're doing. Um, uh, I, I, I think um, that you can, should continue on this road. You are doing a good work. 
Uh, one last thing before we finish. Uh, the question I wanted to ask you, you know, because we have all these experiences and your reading for this week was to read Amos Young. Highlight, I want to ask you to highlight three things from the Asian American experience that seem foreign to you, but that shape the way uh, Asian Americans reflect upon, upon God or that do construct their theology. And, and, and you're going to notice some very unique things. I'll just give you one. The uh, interreligious perspective. A lot of Asian Americans come from Buddhist backgrounds. So they have to dialogue with Buddhism and all this kind of thing. So it's really interesting. But uh, And the point of this exercise is that experience shapes us. Experience. Um, uh, people come through different experiences. And somehow we have to discern together uh, with, with people that are far different than we are. And so this is an exercise inviting you to discern how to, uh, what is God doing in the Asian American community? So uh, what are three things you highlight that, uh, that may resonate with you, that may not resonate with you? What, seems, what three things, uh, you know, you can talk about something that seems so foreign or something that seems very similar to what you understand. Um, I, wanna, I want you to highlight those three things from the reading. But uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, Good job this week. Uh, Take care and God bless you.